fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 233rd edition of Assembly Call Radio and our 739th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. Well, for this week, I mean, there's a lot of things to pick from. You uh, started with last Friday, I believe it was, the Ja'Kai Newton commitment to get things going, then some honors for TJD this week, including being named a first-team AP All-American and a unanimous first-team All-Big Ten selection, although with 11 guys actually showing up on the All-Big Ten selection, there's a reasonable chance that at least one of the members uh, of our panel tonight just missed out on a spot there with the with those 11. But uh, excited for him to get those uh, honors before the season and get recognized and uh, looking forward to see him uh, make good to those, uh, to those predictions during the season. You had a picture come out from Mike Woodson that Bob Knight was at practice today and all that with the first game of a new season less than two weeks away so all of those things really continue that drumbeat of positivity that has been there throughout the offseason and leading up to uh, what we hope to be a great season of IU basketball so uh, lots of good news on the horizon so uh, a number of banner moments this week so I just tried to jam as many in as I could. So with that, let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts for tonight. Both Ryan and Jared are off. We do have a full house of co-hosts and coaches uh, here with us. But first up... He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's on Sony time. All right, coach. Uh, go to our first coach of the night with uh, with his own theme music. So uh, it's Tonsoni time, coach. What's on your mind this week? Oh, I'm just honored to be here with all these coaches. Uh, th- there's actually four of us because you're the king of the youth uh, coaching in Cincinnati, and so this is going to be a, a, a fun show. I, obviously, I think we're all going to talk about the picture that came out today of Coach Knight being being at practice, and I, I think that that just uh, is a symbol for a lot of things uh, with Indiana basketball that have changed uh, with this new coaching hire and, and, and coach Woodson being there. So that was just awesome to see here uh, later this afternoon, evening when, when I saw it on my Twitter feed. And uh, then the other main thing for me is trace Jackson Davis getting a lot of love uh, from a lot of people across the country. And, and that's a blessing and it's good because it's one of ours. And then it's also going to be interesting to see how he handles um, it's pressure, but you know, the expectations you got to meet and exceed those expectations. And it's going to be a different type of team with other scores and other players available too. Uh, so, uh, one, that's just exciting, uh, to me for, for him on, on his behalf personally and where, where it can take our Indiana basketball team. All right, next up, he is the brains and voice behind all the insightful analysis in the IU Film Room, which is now part of our private IU sports discussion community. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Adranya. It is Tony Adranya. Tony, this is we'll just file this under uh, on Bob Thompson's to-do list to uh, to get some music uh, for you here. <laughs> 
So unless coach <laughs> wants to sing a, a rendition of something for us, uh, you just we'll just go straight to you. Yeah, I would love for coach to to put a little something together for me. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, no, super happy to be here. Uh, super happy to to be a part of the assembly hall community or assembly call community. Um, yeah, really excited to be here. Happy happy with kind of the news that been coming out and um yeah absolutely excited to be here cool well we're gonna talk a little jakai newton later and you had a a nice breakdown of him so we'll we'll get your thoughts on him uh here in just a couple minutes but uh finally we've got our third coach on the team he's coached girls high school basketball in indiana for more than two decades and he's now the newly minted host of the grace burger show right here in the assembly call feed he is jeff marlowe at iu jeff on twitter so uh coach marlowe how you doing tonight? And uh, what were your big takeaways from the first edition of the uh, Grace Burger Show that came out this week, which uh, I know I really uh, enjoyed listening to? Yeah, just what a great, great young lady that is representing the IU women's basketball program. She was, you know, we met and we got together about 15 minutes or so before we actually record, started recording, but just very nice and very personable and, and just really, I think, going to be a lot of fun in the interviews we do we kind of focused on last season and her experience with usa basketball but that's kind of my banner moment for this week i know tjd is coaching you know the other coaches have mentioned getting a lot of love but how about mckenzie holmes and grace burger both being preseason all big 10 first team selection so i'll be my banner moment for this week since we're talking about the grace burger show Absolutely. All right. So here's what we got to cover this week. We got uh, Hoosier Headlines, which we have quite a few news items to hit this week. Uh, then we're going to do a uh, Coaches Roundtable, which uh, includes these guys have started in our community doing a, a Big Ten Power Rankings and an overall top 25 in the country. So got some questions for them as they break down the first edition of that. And then, of course, we'll answer your questions to close things out. So all that is going to be coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. But don't forget to join our private IU basketball discussion community at assemblycall.com slash community. As we announced last week, Tony's IU film room is now a premium part of our community, which will be raising the price uh, for access before the season starts. So make sure you join up soon and, and lock in the, uh, the current pricing. Uh, also new to the community will be a Coach's Corner Top 25 poll and Big Ten Power Rankings I just mentioned uh, with these three gentlemen uh, doing the uh, doing the voting. And uh, they'll also have occasional Coach's Corner shows to discuss general college basketball results. There'll be some AMAs uh, with, uh, with Tamar and Grace Berger, I believe, as part of that. So uh, a lot of great stuff going on in the community that we would uh, encourage everybody to check out. Again, it's assemblycall.com slash community. All right, guys, so uh, a number of, of good things uh, happening. So we'll hit the recruiting trail first. Uh, so Ja'Kai Newton picked IU, uh, I believe it was last Friday. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about the prospects of that uh, on last Thursday's show, and I think most most things seem to be pointing in that direction, but he did, uh, he did commit. So, Tony, uh, I'll go to you first. Um, just what are your overall impressions of his game and, and maybe a, a nugget or two that uh, you'd take out of your, your, your scouting report of him that, to uh, share with everybody tonight? Yeah, absolutely. So it sounded like the, somebody had a train going through their living room or something there. Maybe I, um, I live close to train tracks. One of my yeah. years in Bloomington. It, it can be it can be disarming, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm super excited about the commitment of Newton. Um, you know, the thing that really stands out to me is just his explosiveness and his ability to get to the rim. Once he's at the rim, he has a couple of tools that I really really like that are 
more advanced, I think, than a kid his age, which one is jumping off of two feet. I noted on my uh, on my breakdown of him, he's very good off of two feet, allows him to stay on balance, allows him to absorb contact. Um, as he, I mean, he's going to be going up against uh, the Big Ten. So um, obviously, you know, it's been defined as tackle basketball from time to time. So definitely going to be able to have, are going to have to be able to absorb contact as a guard. Um, and then another really good thing is he can finish with both hands. Uh, honestly, he finishes more with his left hand, which is his off hand. Um, in some of the videos that I've seen, which is really encouraging a guy that can finish with both hands at the rim. Um, so not only is he explosive in getting there, but he's able to finish once he's there, which is big, um, has a really already has a good body for the big 10, um, has a wingspan that I think is plus seven or plus eight. I mean, just extremely long. Um, I think he's going to end up being a guy that on the defensive end is going to be a guy that's going to kind of be that lockdown guy on the wing, um, for Indiana, which, in all honesty, depending on who stays and who goes, they might have a few of those guys. So um, that's what's exciting to me about it is we're going to, um, you know, IU's really going to have a lot of, uh, of good opportunities to do a lot of really good things on offense, but also on the defensive end in terms of ball pressure. I mean, all the highlights that I've seen of Newton, or, or not highlights, full games are uh, AAU games, and he's getting into guys, which, you know, some people that's kind of an anomaly. Um, in the AAU basketball <laughs> realm. So, um, yeah, just a, a lot to be excited about with Newton. It, it, I think it's a really big pickup. I think it's a guy that can make an impact on a top-tier Big Ten team. Yeah, Coach, Coach yeah, I guess i got to get used to this. i got to be more specific and, uh, and, give, and give first name. So, uh, so Brian, I'm, yeah. hey, you know what? I'm going to call you Coach. You're grandfathered yeah. in as, uh, as Coach. So, Coach, what yeah, are please your – Please do. Please call uh, him Coach, not me. What are your, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on Newton and kind of how he fits into everything, uh, as Tony mentioned? Yeah. First of all, just a, a plug from the inside. The, the, the discussion that, that Tony had about the two-foot play – is why you need to subscribe to the IU Film Room. Uh, it, he's going to do a great job, and, and and that's just excellent analysis because uh, when you can play off two feet, you can take a hits, you can uh, use the rim for protection against the length that he's going to play against, you're balanced, you can stop and pivot and find cutters and find shooters. And that's just something that, as coaches, we talk about all, all the time. And when I'm watching a game as a fan, I, I don't really pay attention to that. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that, I, I again, I will plug the, the film room. I'm looking forward to to uh, watching it, too, and then having conversations uh, with Coach Adrania about what he sees in that. The, the ability to play defense in AAU is another comment that I also like because sometimes people just try to hunt shots and get up points and think that, you know, it's a beauty contest offensively. And, and I like the idea that we're getting guys that have that toughness level. Uh, and, and you can display toughness on offense and defense. So I think it's a guy that I don't know his immediate impact as a freshman. I, I think he'll play as a freshman. I think it's a guy who's here two, three, four years. And as you go, that's the guy that's going to um, develop. Uh, and I, this is not a player comp by any means, but uh, Illinois has Trent Frazier, a four-year senior guard who's, you know, as a freshman came in, did some things uh, for them. You like those guys that are four-star, hungry, chip on their shoulder, have an edge, have have a little dog in the fight um, type of guy, and it seems like that is what we have in Newton, and, and that's just nothing but you got to have pieces, uh, and we all like the flashy five-star pieces, but you got to have those foundational pieces that are just a little bit better than than foundation and 
it looks like he's he's that type of player. Yeah, I think it, it, what you said in terms of just a guy that can develop and and fit in the system over the course of time is, um, you know, it's what you want to see. There's so many big ten successful Big Ten teams that have been built on on guys like that, and his development trajectory, if you want to call it that, has been, has been you know really rapid of late. So if he continues uh, on that, I think only good things to come. Uh, Jeff, thoughts on uh, thoughts on Jakai Newton? Uh, I'm going to echo first what I've heard. I like the, I really like the film of him being able to finish at the rim, and I thought Tony had a good point that he finishes with both hands. And a lot of times a high school kid will struggle with that offhand to finish in contact anyway, and, and I like that part of it. I like it. I like Newton's recruitment because he just, to me, he seems like more the Mike Woodson type of kid that we're going after. He's a little smaller. He's 6'3", but with his wingspan at about 6'10", I think he's going to be able to guard multiple spots. And I think with what coach Woodson's talked about, at least in the spring, when he got hired of being able to guard multiple spots, switch everything. I think that's the kind of kid that we're going to keep seeing more and more. Um, I, I was kind of looking in the chat mob comments here and, and, you know, obviously everybody's waiting on Clowney on Monday and, and talking about um, the kid from uh, Finland or Sweden, the, the, um, but I really, one that's maybe still flying below the radar. And I know everybody says the UK kid, uh, Cups is out there, but I'm still really kind of interested in them going after Reed Shepard. I think Reed Shepard would be a great fit into that junior classes. Uh, but the, I'm I'm a little biased because I'm a, I like kids like that that can shoot it and have high IQ. So, but I think he'd be kind of a perfect fit if we could get that kind of kid too. But I really like I, I like Coach. I what Brian said. It's hard to teach toughness in terms of, of defending. In the high school game, we may think we're physical. The Big Ten's an entirely different animal when it comes to being physical and guarding. And if you've got a kid that knows how to be physically tough and guard now, he probably will fit in pretty, pretty at least a little less, a little more seamless in the, um, in the Big Ten. Don't you guys think, too, that when you have a, a knack for the ball – in, in AAU, your deflections, your ability to read passes, um, that shows that you're locked in a little bit more on that end in AAU than you, you normally would be. I love seeing those clips of, you know, in help side and, and anticipating that pass and, and, and knocking it down. Of course, I'd like it to be the correct hand, but if you're athletic, just go get it, right? There, there, there's a different level of coaching with athletes. Like, you don't have to have the correct hand if you can just get it. Um, but, but I, I like that, and, and we've seen a couple guys uh, that have been recruited by Coach Woodson that have that IQ, Coach Marlowe, as you just said, um, you know, and that I think we'll see a consistent, probably um, characteristic uh, of Coach Woodson's recruits. Yeah, so Noah Clowney, uh, I know Jeff, you brought him up. Uh, he announces on Monday the first. Sounds like it's down to IU and Alabama for him. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what what ends up happening there, but seems like both you know both of those visits went really well and it seems as though anything that you you read has him uh, has him down to those two teams talked about trace uh, being named AP first team all-american and all big 10 first team uh, he was the only IU player on the all big 10 first team other there were 11 guys I joked about that one of them was because well I guess two of them technically there was a tie for the uh, for the 10th one although um, 
at the at the risk of agreeing with John Rostein on really anything, uh, the fact that some of these conferences have so many guys uh, on these is a little bit a little bit screwy. But I think they said overall eight teams represented out of the uh, out of the eleven guys or something uh, to that effect. Uh, secret scrimmage, uh, not really a secret, just can't go. Uh, is uh, Saturday set to play Belmont and Louisville? The first one uh, they called off because of. Um, because of some injuries, but sounds like this one uh, is a go. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out from that. Uh, and then for those who are uh, looking for other podcasts, uh, Alex had a couple uh, episodes of podcasts on the brink this week. The first uh, with Bart Torvik, so a uh, decent amount of Wisconsin talk if you can uh, if you can handle that. But uh, obviously, those of us who uh, who follow this closely use Torvik's site a ton. Uh, so all kidding aside, a really good episode with him talking through you know how he accounts for some different things uh, in his analytics. And then with uh, Matt Cox from Three Man Weave, I know that's a, a, a podcast and a site that I plug quite a bit on here, but those guys do a, a fantastic job of covering basically every conference out there. Uh, Matt is an IU grad, uh, and uh, but does does also like Duke, so nobody's nobody's perfect, obviously in that scenario. But a uh, couple good couple good episodes there for folks looking for uh, for podcasts to listen to. Um, you know, Tony, any of those uh, any of those other headlines stand out to you? Any uh, any early thoughts on Clowney from anything you're hearing, or uh, or one of the others that stands out to you? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw the Virginia Tech uh, guy on twenty four seven put in a crystal ball for Clowney today, um, which you know I, I think Virginia Tech's out of it from everything that I'm seeing and hearing. Um, I feel good about IU's chances. Um, I think for for what Clowney wants to do, where he wants to go, um, you know, in terms of the next level, um, I think. You know, it's hard to say no to to Mike Woodson, especially with some of the momentum that he's got going there. Um, until you know this staff kind of misses out on a big one. So far, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Hopefully, uh, CBS uh, College Sports Network or whatever will uh, host this one. We're doing pretty good when uh, recruits announce their decisions on there. So, um, I you know I don't have any in- intel or insight or anything into the recruitment, but I feel good about where IU stands. Uh, Jeff, you're in the, uh, you know, firmly in the podcast game now with the Grace Burger show. So not sure if you've had a chance to listen to any of the, uh, the stuff from Alex at inside the hall yet, or, uh, or, or any other uh, podcast related thoughts that you might have. I, I didn't really have a chance to listen to the one with, with Alex, but I did catch part of, I was ca- trying to play catch up on, I thought it was a really good interview with AJ Guyton and Dane Fife that was dropped it just the other day and there was some good banner back and forth between there. Um, I just, I really kind of liked, you know, TJD, I like him getting publicity. I like him getting the notoriety. I, I just wonder if it's, are we setting ourselves up? If he doesn't achieve that, let's say his stats don't bear out. Let's say he drops to 17 and nine instead of 19 and 10. Are we going to be disappointed because we got more talent around him? I mean, I, I want to see us do something first. And I know we're going to get into this, the big 10 power rankings and the top 25. I I'm a huge fan, obviously, but I want to see us do something on the floor before I'm going to, you know, be like, okay, we're a top 25 team. And I want to see trace be a first, if he's going to be a first team, all all American, I want to see a first team, all American on the floor. Fair enough. Coach round us out. Any uh, other thoughts on the Hoosier headlines? 
Yeah, I'm going to call out Coach Marlowe. He was the only one of the three of us that didn't have IU in the top 25. So, you know, when you deal with me, Coach Marlowe, you're going to get some trash talk every once in a while, too. Uh, no, I appreciate all Fair of enough. you guys sending me the, sending me those lists. We'll talk about that in um, in the second segment. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of podcasts. I don't know about you guys, but my work productivity is dropping um, as, as I'm trying to listen to podcasts and I'm take, I'm exercising now just so I can go do something and listen to to podcasts. I've been listening more to previews again for the bracketology part of what I do. Uh, I've been listening to Rob Doster in the field of sixty eight uh, previews. I've been listening to Three Man Weave uh, previews. Obviously, I, I'm a big uh, eye on college basketball with Gary Parish and Matt Norlander. I know the chat mob busts me all the time for liking those guys, um, but I don't apologize. So. I mean, it, my, my podcast be daily coming up with college basketball, and it's just exciting. Uh, it's exciting for us as Indiana fans, but it's exciting, you know, starting in two weeks. I'm coming home at 7 after practice, and I have three TVs and a laptop. I have four college games watching uh, every day, so I, I can continue to try to act like I know uh, what I'm talking about with, with bracketology. But there's a lot of pl- – what I'm hearing from national guys, and I know that caused a problem – when, when Archie was let go, a lot of people uh, like the roster and see a chance for Indiana to pop. Um, even if they rank five, six, seven in the Big Ten, there's a lot of talk on these national podcasts that Indiana's a team to watch, which is at least the first step. So that that uh, that makes those things a little more enjoyable uh, when, when you got to study the whole college atmosphere for what we do, Andy and I do, that at least your team's getting a little bit of a play now as opposed to, uh, yeah, you're going to finish 10th and uh, as an afterthought. So, yeah, we're close, man. It, it, these last few days are going to drag in, until, until tip-off. Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm doing the same thing, although I'm realizing that the uh, dates that I gave Alex for starting to roll out my preseason bracketology are rapidly approaching, and I haven't written one single word yet. So I got that going for me. So something to, something to keep me busy over the weekend, right? Just By the way, that's a wonderful shirt you're wearing, Andy. I, know, I, I think the, that's the best uh, dress that you've ever been. Now, the Delphi Bracketology shirt. Right. So, as I told Coach in the, in the uh, chat, I'm, I'm just to... a I'm just a walking billboard for him at this point. Whatever it whatever it takes. That's hey, right. I'm gonna have to hit up these other guys with some bracketology shirts. So, shoot it to me, man. I'll wear it even though it's got that black and gold color scheme. I'll wear. Yeah, that's the only bad thing. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I just I want to throw this out there. What do you guys? What I know we can't go. But what would you want to see out of this scrimmage on Saturday, the secret scrimmage, assuming we play it? What do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, if if I think I obviously I don't have a all the insight into how these work, but I think it's similar kind of how or a lot of coaches are now running them kind of to how the high school scrimmage game works, where you'll have a quarter of zone, test out your zone offense, zone defense, have a quarter of full court press. Um so I don't know that IU and Belmont will will work that way or do it that way, but from what I hear, that's kind of how some of these scrimmages have worked of late um, with some of these teams. So for me, you know, if, if you're Mike Woodson, you're just trying to see uh, lineup combinations. You're trying to see, all right, you know, what guys know what spots. Um, you know, it's it all happens pretty quick. Um, I know they had that time in the Bahamas, but now they have some injury stuff that's going on, um, and you know. I know that as as a coach, you never feel like you have enough time to prepare for that first game. Um, it's it, you know it starts getting down, and it's like oh crap, like you know I don't have a a zone or a press breaker installed or whatever that may be. So when you have injuries and stuff, it makes things a little bit tougher to to get things done in practice. Um, 
you know, obviously they've got managers and practice players that can fill in for stuff, but not the same level of competition. So for me, you're just trying to figure out lineup combinations, trying to see what works, what doesn't, um, and get out of there healthy. Yeah, I think it's important. I'd love to to sit down with some college coaches and talk about it. I think it's really good to uh, get time and score situations too. You know, if, if the other coach is okay with it, saying, okay, we'll, we'll be up um, eight, five minutes to go, and, and you can talk strategy about, you know, whether you are going to be a guy that works the clock, you're still going to take first shots available. Those are things that are really important uh, in, in a game that doesn't count if you can script those things. But, and, and, but from a basketball standpoint, uh, Coach Marlowe, um, if I could see the game film, I am going to hit this early in any post-game analysis. A pace of play, and are we attacking downhill offense, regardless of the set or the personnel? And what are we doing defensively, rotating out on shooters? Are we going to see some NBA out, multiple, you know, X out type stuff, um, pre-switching, triple switching, whatever they call ball screens? That happens a lot. Golden State has run that in, in the past, uh, where they keep a big inside, and uh, those are things for me that that I want to look for as the fan. I just want better basketball. I want shots made, and I want people guarded, and I want winning and no injuries. Um, so that's a lot of stuff, I guess, to ask for in a in a scrimmage. But that's that's what I would say. Yeah, well, yeah. Go from, ahead, Andy. From my from my perspective, a couple of things just based on the opponent. I mean, one Belmont is almost always one of the more efficient offenses in the country, uh, and so I think it'd be a good early test for the defense against a, a really good scheme. Uh, and, and I think there's challenges in different parts of it. They got a really good big guy, Nick Musinski, I think is how you say his last name. Um, so it's six eleven guy inside. So is it somebody that trace is able to both guard, but also take advantage of, uh, on the other end and then their point guard, um, whose name I'm trying to look up cause I forgot it. Grayson Murphy, uh, solid defender can be able to put pressure on IU, but also a, a good, you know, kind of true point guard run the show. So does IU have somebody that can really get into him and disrupt what they want to do on that end of the floor? I don't know uh, what we'll learn about IU on the offensive end, but I think the defensive end to be able to slow down Belmont in some capacity would be a, uh, would be really a, a good thing to see at this point in the season. Just again, given you got a veteran team, good scheme, uh, good efficiency numbers and a good track record of, uh, of being a tough team to guard. Well, and I just don't overreact. See. I just don't overreact to a win or a loss or a box score either, because you, you don't know the situations. You don't no. know how many players are playing or who was limited, not limited, and and that uh, you starting to see these things come through social media about That's who right. won or a close loss. Be careful overreacting. The first game's November 9th, and this is all helping Indiana build. I agree. I, the only thing is I sometimes feel like even in a scrimmage, I know it's a scrimmage, maybe a glorified practice, but I still, you got to try and build a little bit of winning mentality. And, and I, I, I don't get too worked up about a loss in a secret scrimmage, but I'm afraid the fan base might jump off a cliff if we lose to Belmont in a secret scrimmage. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. All right. Well, that'll do it for our first segment. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, these three guys talk about their Big Ten power rankings and their uh, overall college basketball top 25. So we'll have a bit of a coach's roundtable. So stick with us here on the Simply Coach. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right. Welcome, everybody. Four-person panel. A lot of people in the in the chat. So everyone is ready for some actual basketball. So, Coach, when's your when's your first actual uh, game for your your team? Our first game is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Oh, you got and, and we're we're playing at Memorial Gym in Kokomo. Um, just a great facility to old <laughs> old <laughs> as anything, but a great facility to 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 play in. And uh, they're always good, athletic, and they got a six ten uh, guy from overseas that moved in. Um, and uh, so me being in charge of the defense, I got to come up with a kind of a interesting game plan for game one. As a Tony said, you got 12 practices before you play or 13 practices before you play. And so it, it'll and be you, interesting. And your tallest guy is 6'3". Uh, our tallest guy, we, we like have 6'7 last week, right? We, yeah, we, we got right. a 6'7". We got 6'7". We go 6'7", 6'5", 6'4", 6'3", which is good size for a 3A school. Um, but, um, we don't have six, you know, six, 11 drop step reverse dunk, you know, guy from uh, overseas. So we haven't seen him play yet. We're going to put him. Well, I probably, I don't know. Kokomo don't, people watch don't, you it, never know, I know the, Co- man. Don't. the Kokomo radio guys do watch this. I think every once in a while. So yeah, we got that's, some things we're going to do. That's kind, of the way I, that. that's kind of the way I felt about interviewing Grace. I was like, I wanted to ask some questions and we will do some during the season, obviously, but it's like, I don't want to, I don't want her to put her in a spot where she's like giving something away that yeah. an opponent might be able to use. You, you, know. you, you sit here in your living room and you think you're just talking to, you know, three friends on a zoom call. And then you realize that the podcast heard by 18,000, some people, you know, and then you push it out on social media and you're giving up your strategy on, on Kokomo, just yeah. being a, yeah, the yeah. Kokomo coaches are like, go on, go on, coach. <laughs> yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. We're turning into assembly call this week. Yeah, they're going to be, they're gonna be in the chat. Tell tell us, his mouth off. Yeah, they're going to be in the chat it's under some uh, some some other name. Uh, tell us more. How are you going to double the post? Tell us <laughs> yeah. about your philosophy on doubling <laughs> the post. How you yeah. guarding pick and roll? Yeah, that's right. Who who is coaching Kokomo now? I've lost track of who their boys coach is. Is oh it Peckinpah? It is Peckinpah. Peckinpah. Yeah, who was at Noblesville? Yes, he's going to do some good things there. That's going to be a tough. That's always a tough rivalry game for us every year anyway but um yeah he he's going to do some good things there and then sharon wilkerson is at logansport that's all that and that's on our schedule so that'll be interesting you, you play west lafayette we play west lafayette van arsdale's son who yeah. the head coach at lafayette harrison his son was talk about some experience the dude was with jr holmes at bloomington south for six or seven years then he went up to carmel uh for a year or two uh, and now, now he's in our sectional. So yeah. it's always fun. I forgot that was a sectional yeah. game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try and get down and watch you guys at least once this year. 
would love would love to have you. Let me know. I'll put you on a pass list. I'm big time. I, I, I can get you a five dollar <laughs> ticket. Hey, I just sign in as a scout. I I still carry my clipboard and I just sign in as a yeah. scout wherever I go. My my dad, um, we lost my dad in two thousand four, but when I was first coaching ninety eight, ninety nine, he'd come in and he'd sign as in in as ESPN personalities. <laughs> he, he was so ordinary. He Dan Patrick, ESPN, and they just sign in and go in. No, no one checks those things until the next nope. day, you know, and they wonder who, who who was it that signed in. Nice, nice. All right, you guys are ready. We'll uh, dive in. We'll do the big ten stuff first, and then we'll. Uh, I think we actually hit a couple of the other questions he had in terms of the um, some of the preseason stuff and the secret scrimmage. So uh, we'll probably just stick to the power ranking stuff and, uh, and go from there. All righty, all righty. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know I have never listened to the assembly call, and to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right, and welcome back to the assembly call. How do you keep up with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? It's crazy during the offseason and even crazier during the season as we are about to find out. Well, luckily, we've got your back. We send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings. It rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. Over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans are already on the list, and we want you to be on there as well. So go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free now. That's join.assemblycall.com, or you can text IU to 66866. Again, that's IU to 66866. And welcome back. I'm Andy Bottoms, and I'm here with a, uh, a trio of, of current and or former coaches. Uh, so going to do a bit of a coaches roundtable. And as we mentioned in the, uh, in the opening, these guys are going to be doing a top 25 for all of college basketball and a Big Ten power rankings uh, that are going to be out in our community. Um, Coach, what is, the, what is the planned frequency of those? I don't want to overpromise and give you guys more work. What's your, uh, what's your plan? No, we're going to try to put out the poll every week. Uh, I've just asked these two guys to send me their their top 25. I made a spreadsheet that would do the math for me. So all I got to do is get there you know, and, and, and type in their, their picks. It's not We're not going to meet and discuss or anything. So I just it's up to me to remind them uh, on Sunday nights to throw together a top 25. The reason I, I asked these two guys is, one, they're, they're part of our community with the with, with what Tony's doing with the, the film room and, and now Jeff's interviewing that their coaches. Uh, and, and I think that it'll give our, uh, community members, uh, a perspective from coaching as opposed to writers or coaches poll where it's some, you know, uh, director of basketball operations, just filling out and sending in. So the coach doesn't have to, uh, you know, I'm just going to go, if you win, you're going to move up. If you lose, you're going to move down from where I started. And, and, uh, we'll see how much that's going to be my thought process. And the other guys can maybe talk about their thought process, but I like interacting with, uh, other uh, members of the media and other members of our community that are producing stuff. And this is just a way to stay in touch. I, I think we're going to try maybe every two or three weeks to do a, a, a 15 to 30 minute, uh, video for the community in my coach's corner, uh, which is just, you know, three old ball coaches talking, uh, about venues, about bucket lists, about, 
you know, boy, what games did you like? What what teams shocked you this week? Just some general college basketball talk uh, for a bonus for our our paying communities in the in the the membership. But those are going to come out as on a schedule basis, as as all of us have other things that we have to do. So that's kind of the idea behind this: a weekly poll and 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 rankings of the Big Ten power rankings, and then every once in a while we'll we'll put out a, a video coach's corner. All right, so the, your first edition of the uh, Big Ten ones came out this week. So uh, you had Michigan first, followed by Purdue, Ohio State, Illinois, kind of the consensus top four by by most, although I'll circle back to that in a second. Then Michigan State at five, IU at six, Maryland at seven, Rutgers at eight. I think those are, the, you know, again, kind of a consensus top eight in some order and, and kind of where you start to think that might be the, you know, the last team to get in. Uh, into the NCAA tournament. Then you got Wisconsin at nine, Penn State there, Nebraska, uh, Iowa down at number 12. Uh, I don't know what Fran McCaffrey did to coach, but uh, he, you know, just plummeting uh, down the uh, down the rankings. And then Northwestern at 13, Minnesota at 14. So uh, I tried to pick out some of the places where you guys were the, the most different, although to be honest, there weren't a ton of differences uh, by more than a couple spots. But we'll, we'll start at the top and kind of work our way uh, from there. So, you know, a lot of these previews I've, I've read or listened to typically that, that four teams, uh, those four teams at the top are the same four teams, but Ohio state is most often, uh, the fourth team in that top tier, but, uh, Tony and Jeff both had them third. Um, so, uh, so Jeff, I'll throw this to you first. Is this more of a function of your belief in Ohio state, maybe a lack of belief in Illinois, maybe a combination of the two, but uh, why are you maybe higher on Ohio state than uh, others who are doing some of these projections would be? I'm just not high in Illinois. I, I love Brad Underwood. I really do. I love that style. I, coach and I have talked about this before, you know, just really love Brad Underwood's style defensively, but I really think they're going to miss Io. I, I to me, Frazier is not the the player that I, I'm not trying to take anything bad away, say anything bad about Frazier, but Io was that guy. I, I I remember last year I kind of was in the community more than I was on here, but I kept coming back to you need an alpha, and Io was the alpha. I don't see an alpha for for Illinois, and I may be proven wrong, and that's fine. I'll admit if I was, but Coburn needs somebody that can get him the ball or or draw defenders and set him up. So, and I like Holtman, but I was more the fact that I thought I'm not sold on Illinois, and I had them fifth. I honestly believe Michigan State will be in that top four because I think Izzo has I think Izzo saw some issues. I think Rocket was probably a, a lot of the issue there for that team last year, at least as a point guard on the floor. And I really think that Michigan State, I, I think Michigan State's going to be better than most people are giving them credit for. Tony, what about you? What what kind of led you to slot Ohio State in above Illinois? Yeah, I, I think Illinois very well be maybe more talented than Ohio State, but I think I think the system that Chris Holtman has is they're going to win games. Um, they're going to, they can win ugly. Um, they've got offensive firepower. Their defense is always going to be, you know, top 10 and defensive efficiency, maybe top 20. Um, and, you know, I think that style just uh, translates to wins in the big 10 season. So while I think Illinois may be more talented and, and head to head could possibly, you know, obviously beat Ohio state. I think, um, when it comes down to like, all right, who's going to have the third best record in the Big Ten? That's kind of what what gave me Ohio State. And, and again, I like Holtman, and um, I think that he'll do he does great things. He'll do great things again this year with this Ohio State team, and kind of has that veteran leadership um, as aspect as well. Yeah, Illinois is an interesting one. I think everybody 
projects a huge leap for Curbelo, and he'll certainly have the opportunity to take a huge leap because the ball is going to be in his hands a lot. Uh, I think you'll see him mature uh, a lot from some of the you know mistakes that he made. But I don't know. You know, I think some of the the turnover issues I think can get better. I don't know that the shooting can get better for him. Um, Kofi obviously a, a huge factor there about you know with Illinois, uh, and on the, by the same token, Ohio State uh, really like EJ Liddell. Kyle Young need him to stay healthy. Point guard is the question there. They get Wheeler from uh, from Penn State, who maybe different supporting cast, different situation, different scheme uh, is able to show some things there that maybe he wasn't able to show uh, at Penn State. So I, I I I it's it's definitely an interesting one. I think Purdue and Michigan are pretty clear cut top two for me, uh, and then I think you can you know, pick what you, you know, what, what aspect of either of the other teams that you're most confident in and kind of go from there. But coach, you had, uh, Illinois above Ohio state. So what, what tipped you in that direction? Yeah, I'm higher on Illinois than, than coach Marlowe is, uh, we've had those discussions and he makes valid points about losing, uh, uh, sumo, uh, as a closer, but I think the college game is guard. play. I think the top tier for me has better guards coming back that are experienced, uh, uh, you know, I think Purdue, uh, Illinois and Michigan all have decent guards that have played for a few years. Um, and they all have good big men too. So that's why I have those in the top tier, the question mark for what I would consider tier two, uh, your Ohio States, Michigan States, Indiana is they have guards and they have guards that have transferred in and reasons to like their guards, but they're all somewhat questionable until we see them. Uh, we know what we're going to get with Frazier and Cubello. They've been around. We know what Eli Brooks at Michigan. We know uh, Hunter and Sasha and Ivy are like at Purdue. I think those guards uh, would be – they could take a step back. Those kids can take a step back. But preseason, by what we know, those guards uh, have produced in the Big Ten. Then you go down to you know Walker and Christie at Michigan State. Uh, the Wheeler uh, and, and the – you know, Chris Holtman even said at media days that he's he's really concerned about what what his guard play is going to to be like. Their front line is no doubt a top team in the Big Ten, and, and uh, so you go down to IU. We got much better guards, but it's the first time playing together with Stewart and Cop and, and and those guys. And so it broke down for me that veteran presence uh, in in the backcourt, top three, and then the Ohio State's through. Um, the only way where that philosophy doesn't fit is Maryland, I think has some wings that are, are veteran. I just don't like Maryland. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm not going to put them in the top, top tier because they're coached by Mark Turgeon. Um, and, and he's on my bottom three coaches list. So he, he gets downgraded just because of that. It's going to be interesting to see if, if I'm right on that, because that means Rutgers has a chance to move up, um, with, with Ron Harper jr. And Geo Baker and the McConnell guy. That's intriguing to me. Why I like Rutgers, uh, they're big. The reason I have them eight is their big is questionable. Um, and I think if you have a questionable big right now, you're going to suffer in the Big Ten this year with the, the amount of bigs. So that's where my tears came from. And again, I think the top seven, you can basically put them in a hat and maybe pull them out based on scheduling, luck, injuries. Wouldn't be surprised to see any of our four, five, six, seven schools pop up into the top and compete for a Big Ten championship if everything goes right. I think it's the toughest league in the in the country, and the top seven are all going to do battle on a, on a night-in, night-out ba- basis. And, Coach, I will say this. I, I put Rutgers at eight, too, but, man, I really like Steve Peichel, and I was very tempted yeah. to put them higher. I just – 
I'm not sure about their bigs. I think their guards right. are good, but I just I really like Peichel. Yeah, Illinois, I tell you, he was good to talk to you at the media days. Yeah, to, to, just to circle back to Illinois with one thing. I mean, they they really do not. They obviously have Kofi, who gives them a ton of size, and uh, but otherwise they they just do not have a ton of guys that they know what to expect from in the front court. They're going to end up playing really small. It seems like based on. Uh, based on their personnel, maybe that works and he's enough. And, and if you can surround him with guys who can really shoot it, uh, then there's a possibility that that can work out. But they're fairly thin, at least from an experience standpoint up front. I know they got transferred from Florida, but I don't know that he right. you know, he didn't do anything that much at, at Florida, um, aside from elbow John Fulkerson in the head in the uh, SEC tournament. But um, So Michigan State, this is another one I want to talk about. I know, uh, Jeff, you, you talked a little bit about them. You were higher on them than than most. You know they are uh, an interesting one. I think the Rocket Watts uh, addition by subtraction argument is certainly a fair one based on you know how he played at times. But they do lose Aaron Henry. They lose Josh Lankford, uh, who was there forever, and uh, so they've got they've got questions in my view. I don't know if this is just a quintessential Tom Izzo just gets a lot out of these guys. They got a uh, Tyson Walker, the transfer from Northeastern, uh, should run the point. And they got Max Christie as a freshman who's going to be their backcourt. They do have Gabe Brown, uh, who still uh, corner threes are giving IU fans nightmares uh, from that. Joey Hauser, who I thought was pretty underwhelming uh, in his first year there from uh, from Marquette before. So uh, is that, Jeff, I guess I'll go to you first since you were highest on them. Is that a, a bet on Izzo as much as anything? And just does this personnel seem to fit well with – the kinds of teams that you think he uh, he's done well with in the past or what, what makes you so bullish on them compared to the other guys? Yeah, I just, I'm a big, I like Izzo. I I just, I remember seeing him and coach, you may have been there. Remember this, he was at the IBCA several years ago and I really loved listening to him talk and, and things. I, one of those, I wish I would have went up and watched one of their practices one time, but I, I just think that Izzo's one of those guys that when you don't think they have much, all of a sudden he, he shows he's his coaching ability and it may be more of a grind, a kind of a uh, grinded out Izzo team. I'm not sure you'll see them score, running up and down the floor a bunch. I think they'll really jump back in to just you know playing solid D. They're going to crash the glass. And so I'm more sold on Izzo than the guards coming in. Hauser, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm guess more just because I think a lot of Izzo, and I think he's you know one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. And I think there's a personal. If it was me. You know, being in that in that position, that level, I'd be sitting there every day in pre in the summer and in the in the preseason, be like, I'm not finishing sixth or seventh again in this league. We're better than that, and I'm just hammering them every day with the, the expectations better than that. All right, Tony. So you were the lowest on Michigan State. You had them at sixth. What uh, what gives you pause about uh, about ranking them any higher? Yeah, in all honesty, it comes down to talent. Um, it. it I just don't know what they have. I'm obviously not as well tuned into to Michigan State as I am Indiana. Um, Indiana happened to be the team that I picked over Michigan State at fifth, um, which it, it, I think is probably the highest. I think was the highest on the panel. Um, yep. Yeah, but by, by a decent margin. Um, and so um, I just, you know, from a Michigan State standpoint, they have an excellent coach. They've got um, a couple guys returning but like we mentioned they lost a lot they do have some nice freshmen coming in they got a nice transfer um, from northeastern that averaged like 20 points a game last year so i just don't know what they have um from a a talent standpoint um and and i think they're a team that 
they might lose to a, a mid-major or something in November, but come March, they're probably going to be a force. All right, so let's move to let's move to IU now. So you guys had one of you had Tony, you had him fifth. Coach, you had him sixth. Jeff, you had him seventh. Um, Coach, I'll kind of throw this to to you first. You know what what did you? I guess to give give some context, you had IU right behind Michigan State and in front of Maryland. Um, your your feelings on Maryland are well known, so it's probably not too much of a stretch to figure out why you had him in front of them. But uh, just as you evaluated you know, IU in this process, you know, what led you to putting him where you did? There's, there's just a lot of question marks and, and I think they're going to be answered in the positive. Uh, and maybe that's just the fan in me uh, and I want them to be answered in the positive. Everything has gone right since coach Hudson, Woodson has been hired uh, for the most part, short of something we don't know or behind the scenes, whatever, but it, I don't know that we could have scripted a better start uh, for a new coach coming in. But he is a new coach. And even a veteran coach of the NBA moving into college game, there's going to be some pains between he and his staff. Uh, when you're mixing talented players from uh, Pittsburgh, from Northwestern, uh, they're gelling. The Bahamas helped. All of those things are going to be answered, I think, in the positive that this team is going to gel together. But you have to see it on the floor uh, to see that it gels together. Everyone's happy in the in the preseason because they're practicing, they're getting run in practice, and then all of a sudden game time comes, and all of a sudden one guy gets three minutes, the other guy gets four minutes. There's no way to predict happiness or team cohesiveness or, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, we catch a lot of flack for saying we got to wait until we see. This Indiana team, I think, on paper can contend uh, to be in the top three. I, I think they have talent. Uh, there's no denying that Xavier Johnson scored 14 points in the ACC and and was able to drive the lane and do some things. Miller Cop shot almost 40% as a sophomore until he got heavily guarded uh, in his junior year. You know, Parker Stewart is a scorer. There, there's no doubt. So, But we just don't know how it's all going to fit. Where other pieces, we've seen it. Uh, Purdue, we've seen it. The system's been there. Uh, Michigan is a little bit ahead of the game. Juwan Howard, same same issue as seen it. Um, that's why I think Indiana is going to be better than Ohio State, if you want my honest opinion. I think they're going to have a chance to be better, more talented than Michigan State, but veteran coaches who have done there before, who who in practice, their, their three, four-year players are teaching the other guys. There's so many new things that I think that's going to be a couple speed bumps um, for, for the Indiana Hoosiers just because of the newness. That's why I had them sixth but I, I can see them as high you know as high as they can go catch some breaks and stay healthy I, I like this talent all right so Jeff you were the lowest you had him seventh is that more of a just you just want to see it I think you kind of alluded yep. to that a little bit with uh with, with some of your comments earlier that was how I interpreted it but is that kind of what what leads you there is just a lot of new pieces in in place and just need to see it first yeah I want to see it and I would I want to be pleasantly I want to be I, I surprised but i want to be pleased that we're playing as well as we are rather than being disappointed if i pick us higher uh, i also do have some concerns i know everybody says you know coaches saying wait wait i do have some concerns when we're 10 days out and we're still hearing rumblings of guys being out with injuries and and i that factors in a little bit into a pre into my preseason i i put maryland slightly ahead of them as much as it pained me but i just i want to see it on the floor i you know and, and i i agree with coach i really think we can contend i think it, it by middle of the season i can have us being a three or a four on here in a power ranking or even possibly higher but 
right now, too many question marks, and and I'm getting concerned about these rumors of injuries that don't seem to be going away. All right, Tony. So you were you were highest on on IU. So I'll let you finish the uh, the IU portion of the discussion. We'll finish on a high note with the most the most optimistic viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Indiana just from a defensive standpoint, I think. I think Archie Miller, you know, the pack line wasn't, you know, that's kind of like a cuss word now. Um, but in all honesty, the defense that IU played in the Bahamas was very similar to the pack line. Um, a lot of guys sitting in gaps, and and um, I think they were a little bit more disciplined in terms of help side and and whatnot. But I think Indiana is going to be a good, solid defensive team, um, and they they were under Archie Miller most most nights in the Big Ten. But I think offensively, we're going to see a big leap. Um, I do have concerns about shooting. Um, you know, that, that's, that was the big concern on the offensive end last year was shooting. Um, but you know, having a guy like Miller cop and guys like Parker Stewart and, and Anthony Leal, I think, uh, is going to be somebody that's going to really have to step up and knock down some shots this season. Um, they excite me. The talent level excites me. Uh, coach Woodson, not gonna lie, has got me excited and that's what, what kind of brought me to, to number five. But in all honesty, I'm actually in a really weird way. Um, I don't know if excited is the right word, but to see how Indiana handles some adversity with Mike Woodson, because it, like we said, everything has seemed to have gone right. They won all the games in the Bahamas. Um, they really hit hit it hard on the recruiting trail and gotten a lot of good things done. Um, so I'm excited to see how they handle adversity because this kind of core group of guys a couple of seasons back when they hit some adversity, all of a sudden it was losing 11 of 12 um, and, and things like that. So, um, things are going right. It's really easy to be happy, go lucky and positive, but when things go wrong, I'm kind of excited or interested to see, um, how this team will handle adversity. Um, because it's going to come, you know, as we all know in the season, nothing, things aren't always perfect. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this group handles it. Cause historically, um, kind of that core group hasn't handled it well. All right. So we'll, we'll hit, there's kind of three teams in the 10 to 12 range, which we don't need to spend a ton of time on, but Penn State, Nebraska, Iowa were there. You each had a different one of them uh, rated 10th. So uh, overall, Penn State ended up coming in at 10th. Uh, Tony, you were uh, you were highest on them. So I'm just going to go to each of you as, as I get to the team that you were the the high person on to, uh, to give your thoughts maybe about why you think they might surprise some people or at least be at the top of this particular tier and, and maybe a team that uh, – upset somebody along the way. So Tony, you had Penn state. What, uh, what, uh, led you in that direction? Yeah, I like, I like Shrewsbury. I like what he's building there at Penn state. Um, and in all honesty, it, it kind of came down to, all right, who's, you know, that bottom tier of the big 10. It was like, all right, who's, who's a, might be a little bit better. Um, as you noted, all of us are pretty low on Iowa, um, Northwestern and Minnesota is just, I think we all agree. They're just going to be God awful. Like I don't, could not win a game in the Big Ten awful. Um, and so really it just kind of came down to that Wisconsin, Penn State, Nebraska tier. Um, I honestly could see Wisconsin falling to the bottom of that tier uh, of teams and, and Nebraska and Penn State kind of rising to the top. But I like what Shrewsbury is building there at Penn State. Um, and like I said, when it came to that tier of teams, it was kind of like, all right, um, you know, who's got a little bit more talent here or what coach has experience there. So um, that's kind of what led me to give Penn State that – a little bit of a higher ranking there. All right. So the aggregate, you guys had Nebraska 11th coach. You were the highest on them. Uh, you drinking the, uh, Fred Hoiberg transfer Kool-Aid this time around. Now these, uh, reformed the roster for the third time in three years. 
you know, isn't that shocking? You know, he's been here for four years, and it's almost been a brand-new team every year. And, and that alone is going to keep Nebraska down to the bottom. But they got a couple guards in the McGowans, I believe is their name, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm wrong on that. Is that correct? Yeah, they got the, the two. One, yeah, one's, one's a freshman. One's a, one was yeah, a, transfer. One's a transfer. Yeah, one played last year. Um, and, and I tell you what, I, I like the stuff that he runs. Uh, it's a lot of the spread stuff, five out, drive, kick, find advantages. And what, what I th- like about guys who come from the NBA and go to college is that they just have a playbook that is full of ways to take take advantages. So they'll find the fourth or fifth weakest spot on a team, and they'll do some false motion and work the offense around in the first five or ten seconds, and then, bam, they'll hit that worst defender, or they know who to attack on help. And when they can shoot it, uh, then they become dangerous. And so I think that's an opportunity for Nebraska to pop. Um, I think this is their best talented team. You have a coach who took Iowa State, and, and I know he wasn't very successful at the Bulls, but if you're a head coach in the NBA, you know what you're doing uh, at, at some point schematically. Uh, there's a lot of factors in, in success at the NBA. So I just think that you know they scared some people at times uh, with their play in the first few years under Hoiberg, and I think they're going to get a couple. But I think you can say that about Penn State. I think you can say that about Northwestern. Uh, as, as well, these teams that we think are that in the bottom have some good players. Their coaches are are, are rather good. Um, the talent level overall is somewhat weak. I just think for me, it was Nebraska who was slightly ahead. You know, Tony's Penn State. I didn't know this, but they're the oldest team in the Big Ten. I heard that at the Big Ten media day. Now you get a coach who's been with Brad Stevens and you know been at Purdue, and you got veteran players. That's a reason they could pop. You can find a reason for any of these bottom teams, except for Minnesota to pop and maybe get up into, um, you know, eight, nine range. Uh, I'm not sure how many of them really have a chance to be on a bubble for consideration for the tournament. But for me, it was Nebraska. I think you can go uh, a multitude of ways. All right. So then, Jeff, uh, you were the highest on Iowa of the group, uh, much to coaches' chagrin, I'm sure. Um, was it uh, – I mean, what was it that had you about Iowa, or was it kind of what Tony said? It was like the the lesser of uh, some of the other evils within that tier. Yeah, I, I could very easily have moved Iowa down. I just wasn't quite enough sold on Penn State, and I did not realize that about the experience level there at Penn State, at least age-wise. So that would factor in a little bit for me, I'll be honest. Nebraska is the one I really struggled with here because I really think that that's a team that could move up the standings kind of a la Rutgers a couple years ago. I'm with Coach. I really like Hoiberg. I really like what they do on the offensive end especially. And that was one I really struggled with to slot them in there. I really struggled with Wisconsin. I, it was kind of like I could have drawn the, the old Billy Martin lineup thing. You just draw names out of a hat and slot it in, and that's your batting order. But I really struggle because I, I think I'd be ready to see them because I think guard lost that locker room and I'll be interested to see if he's got it back. If he hasn't, then they're not they're not the ninth best team in the Big Ten either. I just it to me, I just kind of went with the teams that traditionally had been decent, but I could see Iowa and Wisconsin at the bottom of that group rather than at the top. All right. So overall top twenty five, we we have gone for a while on this, so we don't need to dig, dig too deep into here. I just kind of highlighted some teams that had the most variance between the, the highest and the lowest person. So, uh, Memphis, there was a 10 spot, different coach had them at 12. Uh, Jeff had them at 22, uh, Illinois. We touched on a little bit. Tony was the highest and Jeff, the lowest. It was a nine spot gap between those, uh, Kentucky coach had at eighth, uh, Tony had them the lowest at 16. 
And then there were four teams that had a six spot difference, uh, Ohio state, Alabama, Florida state, Tennessee. Um, coach, I'll kind of throw this to you first. I'll just give you each a, a general question. I mean, anything stick out to you as you were putting this together that surprised you either a team that you were a lot lower on than other people, a team that you were, you were higher on than the other guys. You know, it gives insight into these polls. You know, when you put your own poll together and you got uh, three guys or uh, two other guys that you really respect and, and you see their polls come in and you're like, oh, what did I miss? It, it's really, it was an eye-opening thing to see, you know, how many ever AP voters there are uh, and how many coaches uh, put their, their thoughts into it. And so it gave me a perspective that of, of, of the rankings are important, but man, there's so many different perspectives. And these are guys here that I just love to talk basketball with. And we have a six or an eight point, uh, eight, uh, you know, line difference. And, and, but that's what makes sports good too. We can sit around and have a beer and a pizza and talk about why Memphis is good. And, and someone thinks Memphis is bad. I, if you look at the teams that I was higher than everyone else, it was simply talent. And I think you're going to have for me, the Kentuckys, the Dukes that recruit the five-star talent are always going to be ranked a little bit higher until they prove that they're struggling, and then we'll quickly drop Kentucky out uh, like last year, and it was such a glorious drop. Um, but for me, in the offseason, we've heard a lot until we see it, until we see it, until we see it. It's just got to go on talent. Um, so for me, uh, I'm very high on the on the kids that Memphis got in, but there, there are questions about, can talent gel um, of all these big mega five-star recruiting factories. There haven't been too many national champions. You know, you get Baylor winning last year, which was awesome. Gonzaga gets some good guys, but I'm talking Kentucky Duke, the, the, these five-star one and done factories haven't really won in, in the tournament. So that's where I'm probably wrong uh, in, in putting those guys sliding Memphis, Kentucky Duke a little bit higher than, than the other panelists. But it's it's not easy putting a top 25 together either because you're biased by what you've read. You're biased by the Big Ten. You're fans of the Big Ten. Do I put Indiana in as a fan? Do I not put Indiana in? And, and then there's just no way. We're all, we all have other jobs uh, to really know what St. Bonaventure's uh, squad is, right? Or, or what, you know, I, I picked Texas Tech because they've been good in the past and their assistant was there. And, and I was the only person who had Texas Tech in, in the polls. So, more eye-opening than probably accurate, uh, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it'll it'll be interesting to see as we go along in the season and watch games play out how we react uh, on the panel. And that's part of the reason uh, it creates conversation in the community. It creates a conversation between the three of us. Yeah, I did. I, w- I would say, Coach, I was surprised that I, I pretty much figured that was going to be your answer on the Kentucky and Memphis just because it was the town, the recruiting rankings. I, I would not have I would not have pegged you as the guy to get really – really go all in on the recruiting rankings but here we are so yeah. who, who knows uh tony what about you any uh in any any specific thing or team stand out to you as you guys did it that you might have been higher or lower on uh i mean basically just echoing coaches sentiments there it, it's once you start doing it it's difficult then you gotta like all right make sure i didn't miss anybody that major so i don't look like a complete <laughs> jack wagon <laughs> here uh was, was also part of of the exercise here but um, you know, preseason rankings, I've, I've always kind of called them a, a crapshoot when it comes to um, these things. But it's fun to kind of do your own. And like you like coach said, you're with uh, like minded individuals, people that you respect a ton. And so, yeah, you see coaches pull come in and like, dang, you know, like what, what did I miss on Kentucky or, or you know, whatever 
the case is there. I will say Kentucky actually does have some guys that can shoot the ball outside of five feet this season, so um, they may actually <laughs> they may actually be a tad better. But uh, more so than anything, it was fun to do. Uh, I'm excited to do these each week, and and once games start being played, um, I think that's when it'll really be exciting and, and to really kind of dive into like, all right, who do I think um, is going to be really good this season, or who's performing really well, or who were the sleepers that weren't even on any of our radars and stuff like that. So. More so than anything, just a really fun exercise. I enjoyed it. All right, Jeff, what about you? What stood out to you from the uh, from the exercise? Well, first of all, I just want to echo Tony and Coach. Really enjoyable. And, Coach, I want to give you credit for at least you were the one who emailed me first. Credit for you for coming up with the idea. I'm really looking forward to the season. And I kind of like Tony. You, you, you know, When I started seeing the, the list from the other two, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm missing something, but I just like, I'll say this. I had Florida state higher than the other two. And I'm just, a, I, I like Leonard Hamilton. I just, and, but it's also a case where Florida state's also going to have one of those or two of those games during the season. We're going to like, they lost to them. And I'm going to look like an idiot for pranking them preseason where I did. But I, I, I also, I based a little bit of mine more on tournament. And I think where some of these are going to be at the tournament. Leonard Hamilton has shown he wins in the tournament. Um, I, I just really, you know, I, from that standpoint, um, and then I want to see Memphis do something. I'm sorry. I, they may have talent, but Penny hasn't done anything with it the first two years. And and so until I actually see them do something, I have a hard time moving them up much past number 20. I think I had them ranked around um, 20, in fact, around 22 or 21 in my, my poll. So that was that. And I was really looking for a non-power six team. And so that's why I kind of focused in on St. Bonaventure. I, I really wanted to try and give some love to teams that don't necessarily always show up in the AP top 25 poll. But that, that when I know about St. Bonaventure, what I read, I think they were said returns all five starters or four of their five starters in a team that won their league last year. So that was, I, I really am kind of interested in watching those types of teams as we go through the season, because I, I think there's some good basketball played in the A-10 and those other leagues. And I will say one thing, I, the other one, I, I had Houston ranked a little better than some of the, than the other two, not because I'm a huge believer in Houston per se, but that league's not very strong. They're going to win a ton of games. Yeah. That league's got them and, and Memphis. And then you got another tier of a few teams that are decent, like SMU and central Florida and, uh, forget who else is in there that I'm that I'm Wichita State that I'm forgetting and then the bottom of that league is just horrific but um anyway yeah I, I think you know Houston I could I could kind of tell it's kind of funny just looking through what you guys did I kind of tell what uh what, what you guys valued and, and I think Jeff you were big on track record and people who had done it I think Houston fits that bill Florida State fits that bill so we'll see once we have actual games to talk about I think things will probably converge a little bit more for you guys after you get a few weeks in but uh we'll be fun to follow along over the course of the season with that so uh with that we're gonna take a quick break and then coming up in our third segment we will answer your questions uh so stick around with us here on the assembly call and we'll be back to uh answer those questions we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, good stuff. Big Ten ones we could go back and forth on for a while, but at least I tried to hit the ones that you guys at least had some dissension on. There was oh, a couple, that, that a couple was pockets where everybody was the same, which is fine. But Jeff and Tony, what I'm going to do, you, I think I emailed Andy, asked for that information. That's the spreadsheet that I put together, and I've got some formulas where it just calculates the average or the points or whatever I did there. What I'm probably going to do, if you guys would prefer, is just give you a tab at the bottom of that spreadsheet and put your name on it. And then you can just every week go week of whatever the Sunday date is and then just type in there on that form every week instead of having to email and type that up that way. And you can just do, you know, if you want to keep track of it uh, on that spreadsheet, like week one, here is my selections, week two, week three, week four. You can do whatever you want on that page. So um, make sure I think I gave everyone access if you had the link. Um, on that email, I sent it back in response to Andy. So go back and check if you don't have access to, to, uh, edit that. Um, I'll try tomorrow when I'm supposed to be teaching to, uh, put tabs in there for you. And, um, that way then you can just open that up and type it in and then it'll be there for me when I calculate it every Monday morning. Co- cool. Coach, clearly yeah, right worried that uh, the Kokomo access. coaching staff is listening in. Not worried uh, that the principal or other people from the school district are listening in. <laughs> <laughs> it's priorities, man. Priorities. All right. Let me, yeah, I'm going to make sure that you have viewing access or whatever. So, I'll, yeah, I'll make sure that's uh, edit. That's not good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, Tony, I really liked your comment. I mean – I'm not as up with Minnesota's talent, but are they really? I mean, is it possible they'd be that bad of like zero or one win talent? I mean, yes, it's it, it doesn't look good. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Tom Green year one level talent, but because he'd actually have scholarship players. But it, man, it's okay. They churned, yeah, they churned a lot of the roster. And yeah, brought in some. I knew that they brought in a ton of transfers, but none that really like seem to clearly translate to being able to play at the Big Ten level, I guess is the and, and, maybe and I'll the nice be interested way to say it. People are high on Chris Beard in Texas. I mean, we were looking at, you know, I had him, I think I had him at fifth or sixth, but, or no, I had him a little higher. I had him a little higher. Tony and, and Brian both had him a little lower, but there's a lot of people. I've I heard a couple of podcasts. I've seen some things, previews that really think Marcus Carr is going to be a stud down there. I think if it, it depends, they got a lot of, they got a lot of guards, so I think if he embraces just being a facilitator, which he probably can do a little bit differently there than he could have done at Minnesota, then I think he can be really good. I think if he, I think where he struggled was they were counting on him to score a lot too, and then when guys weren't like Gabe Kalsher wasn't hitting shots and some of that, like I think he really pressed and took a lot more shots, and his efficiency was 
not as good. So I, but I also they've got. I think Courtney Ramey is is in the backcourt there. I think he's a guy who wants to have the ball in his hands a lot. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. If you can get like roles sorted out back there, I think he can be really good. I think if it's muddied and it ends up being that they're really counting on him to score a little bit more, then I think it might not work out quite so well. And, and, and Tony, I didn't get a chance to email this a bit. You were one, you, you didn't have uh, Arkansas on your list. Do you just think they lost too much? But Brian and I both had them in our top 25. It might've very well been an oversight. <laughs> that was that one where I was trying to not miss it. And I missed yeah. it. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it is not, it isn't easy. No. Like, you have a lot of they there. had a lot of they got a lot of I mean like they always do with Musselman. I mean they got a lot of guys that that left as well though. So exactly they're a tough. And, and I've I've said this and Andy Andy has said this too. But once we started doing bracketology, you know if you're a top eight seed, that's thirty two, and we're only listing twenty five. So th- there's bound to be some real talented teams that that are going to be left out uh, every week, especially on a three member panel. Uh, you we won't have too many. Uh, receiving votes, but I should, you guys should have access now. I did, did add a tab with your name at the bottom so you can go in and format that any way you want. That'll be your worksheet. Um, and you know, after Sunday's game, Sunday night, whenever you want to do it sometime on each Sunday, just type that in and, um, then I'll transfer my scoring to the front page and then you can, uh, I'll let you know when it's updated every week. Perfect. All right. That'll simplify it from sending emails and all that stuff. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we don't have a ton of questions, so we should be able to go through this pretty fast. The one question in here, I'm uh, uh, the the Brian's question is a good one, but I'll kind of go over his, and maybe you guys can talk through if you've got other, uh, you know, guys that you would slot in there or not. That's a lot to ask anybody to uh, come up with, and I even saw the question earlier. So uh, that's an off season. You might want to comment too. That's an off season show. Yeah, right there. That is could be getting a, a thirteen squad IU all IU squad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'd be a great off season topic. Absolutely. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. we will get started here. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of the Assembly Call. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms, and uh, it's now time to uh, go to our mailbag for some questions from everybody. So all these questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com slash community. All right, so first question is from John. Uh, He said, this is my first question in the community. With only about two weeks to go until tip-off, what are you most excited about seeing in this new IU system? Uh, Tony, I'll throw this one to you first. Yeah, the offense, just the offensive flow. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I probably stole everybody's answer. Um, but obviously, you know, we we felt like we've kind of suffered through the last four years of, of just not great spacing and flow and, and ball movement and all those good things that create great <laughs> offense. Um, and so that's what I'm excited to see. Obviously, um, you know, as Coach said, these guys that come from the NBA, their playbooks are, I mean, they're – hundreds and hundreds of sets that they know to get the right guys in the right places um so i know that we won't lack that coming you know uh atos and all that good stuff i know woody will have a million of those that will get great looks and i'll be excited to break those down in the film room but i'm i'm excited to see just motion offense how it flows 
uh, the spacing of, of how guys, um, you know, creating double gaps, triple gaps, all that good stuff. Um, and then what they do on the backside. The one thing that I've always that always frustrated me with Archie Miller is when they ran dirt certain sets or certain motion offenses or their blocker mover stuff was the backside always stood still. So the help side defense never really had to move, never had to think. Um, and I think that created a lot of offensive issues. Um, I know that Woody, you know, being an NBA head coach um, is going to have that backside moving. Um, so that's what I'm going to kind of have my eye on is, you know, what's IU doing on that backside that's, that's occupying the help side defense. Um, so, um, you know, the, the offensive side of the ball will be exciting, but then defensively seeing how they guard ball screens and, and um, just, you know, what that system is going to be and whether that's going to be, you know, this is how we guard them or if they're going to switch night to night or, or based on personnel and things like that. So um, obviously with a new coach, there's a million things I could rattle off and I'm probably taking everybody's answers. So I'll stop now. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you go next. If there's anything that Tony didn't hit that you want to. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Tony took everything. No, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's when you get a new coaching staff in, I think that's always something you really want to see is the, the, the differences are going to be. I've, you know, I've been on here before and in the community, and I always say pace. Pace for me means faster. I, I don't like walk it up style. I realize there are times you have to set up an offense and you got to run your sets, but I really want to see us play a little bit more of an up and down game. And and I think we saw some of that in the Bahamas with a little bit of where they'll at least pick up full court. I'm not saying it's 40 minutes of hell, but they're going to at least put some pressure and make the other team play at a pace that we want them to play at. The other thing I really want to watch, and Tony kind of mentioned the pick and roll coverage, I want to see is how we play the post. I really believe that we'll see more NBA style double the post and rotate off the backside more of what you'll see from an NBA standpoint. And, and I'll go back, you know, um, Tony and Brian both mentioned, I was at a conference or a coaching clinic several years ago called Coaching You, which is put on by Brendan Sir and Brian Eastman and those guys in the NBA. I was one of the few high school coaches there. It was in Indy. They were all, all the college guys were in there for the Nike camp that was going to start on like the next day. And it was just listening to those guys in the NBA talk about all their sets. My hand hurt after about the first hour and a half because I'm sitting there trying to do all this stuff. And Brendan Sir gave us a number or gave us his email. And so I was like, okay, there's some really good stuff here. I emailed him like, do you think some of this stuff can work in a high school? I mean, you guys have different defensive rules than we do. And he goes, absolutely. And I put some of that stuff in. If Brian saw some of my teams there when he was with Delphi the last couple of years, my last few years where we ran a lot of stuff that came out of that. And, and one of the stories I'll tell real quick here is, they were with the Pistons and they were running this set for Isaiah and Vinny Johnson was kind of getting jealous. And he's like, Hey, I want to play similar to that. So they just drew daily just draws this up for him and they start running that and nobody could stop Vinny on that. And that was the one thing I think Tony kind of hinted at a little bit. We all kind of in a high school game think that we're going to, like, we just got to outsmart everybody. Like, Oh, I ran this and it worked, but I got to run something else. Cause they'll know what's coming. Those NBA guys are blunt. They're going to run something until you stop it. And I think you'll see that from Mike Woodson. If we if he finds something that's working, he's going to milk it until the other team makes an adjustment. Coach, what about you? Well, well said by the other two coaches here. I, I echo everything: the offensive pace, the defensive uh, um, rotations. I, uh, Tony brings up a really good point. From what I saw in the Bahamas, is the movement of the guards off the baseline when the pick and roll action is moving. They had some lift action. They had some crossing. They had some MSU you know, uh, double pins where they run guards through. But it seemed it really did stand out to me in the Bahamas that 
the movement on the backside, as, as Tony was talking about, uh, was really emphasized on offense. And that was a point where they really hadn't done anything but con- conceptually put in an offense. So I think that's going to be interesting. So I'm going to change up a little bit and go, I'm excited to see college basketball back uh, like it should be with fans and bands. Um, it has been a long time since March of 2020 when everything was shut down, just drastically shut down. And while we were glad to have basketball last year, it just wasn't the same in empty arenas. Uh, for those of us who just watch on TV, it might have been a little more similar. Uh, but even the tournament, all in one city, uh, protocols, teams, uh, players not playing, teams not playing. Uh, I just think we're back to uh, some semblance of, of normal. And, and I know that uh, there's still some health issues in our country and all of those things. But I'm excited to see on uh, November 9th uh, uh, people in Assembly Hall rooting on the Hoosiers. I'll have two other TVs watching the, the classic in Michigan State and all those guys in, in that uh, Champions Classic that starts out. It's just good. Uh, I can't wait to just watch a ton of college basketball uh, this season. All right, so next question is from Brian. I'm going to read this, and we probably could save this for a good uh, off-season topic, but I'll at least get your reactions to, to how he did it. I, I do give him a lot of credit because he – he showed his work and actually went through the exercise that he has to do. He goes, if you could construct an NBA team of 13 former IU players based solely on their pro careers, not how they played at IU, who would be on the team? So he said his starters would be Isaiah Thomas, Victor Oladipo, Walt Bellamy, John McLaughlin, and George McGinnis. His bench would be Eric Gordon, Calvert Chaney, Tom Van Arsdale, Dick Van Arsdale, OG, Quinn Buckner, Slick Leonard, and Butch Carter, and he said his toughest omissions were Kent Benson and Allen Henderson. So, uh, Jeff, I'll throw this one to you first. Any, uh, I'm not going to ask you to go through the exercise, but any tweaks that you would make uh, to Brian's team and or uh, a- anybody else that you think would want should be considered for the uh, for the exercise. Yeah, I I like the question. I and we were kind of talking there off in in the in the, in the break about this could be almost a full episode in in the offseason but um i would go i would drop victor out of that top five um i would put eric gordon in there because i think you look at eric's career uh he's been a six man of the year he's you know i think he's averaging somewhere around 16 or 17 points a game for his career um or at least he was and you know i know he missed a year had an injury maybe here in the last year or so that kept him out some but um and then also i'd put tom von arsdale ahead of mclaughlin uh, that uh, just I'm probably splitting hairs on that one, but I, Vic would not be in my top five. He'd be on the list, but I, I, I'm not sure he'd be. In, he, he wouldn't be in my top five. Yeah, Coach, any uh, any changes you'd make? No, it's just it's hard to see the guys you love in college, but maybe didn't play well in the NBA. I mean, you got champions like Steve Alford didn't didn't play well in the NBA, and you're talking Indiana basketball, and you can't have a discussion with with Steve Alford per the the criteria of Brian's question. That that may you know Scott May didn't have a really great uh, pro career, but was just an outstanding uh, Indiana basketball player. And I think to answer it fully, it does need to be an off season show so you can spend some time going back over NBA stats and and making sure that you're not clouded by. When you think Indiana basketball, you want to talk about Indiana greatness. It all goes to what you've seen in Assembly Hall and in, in college. And in the question was uh, your best Indiana pros. And you know, I, I, we're all different variety of how much we watch the pros. With bracketology, I've lost track of the pros in the last five or six years because I'm watching four college games every college window. Um, and so I lose track of the NBA in the last five or six years, and I don't know that I watched it a whole lot. 
uh, with, with some of those earlier names. But, yeah, th- we can also go on names that don't even sniff that list that were really good college players that uh, were, were, were not even, uh, you know, you got Zeller, too, uh, who is having a, a, a career making a lot of money in the NBA, but it hasn't been outstanding and wouldn't be in, in the 13 best probably that, um, that there are some of those guys uh, on that list as well. Uh, Tony, I'll say you? real quick. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say a name that popped up in the chat that you'd have to include on that. Not a great pro, but a great college career, Jimmy Rail. Yeah. Yep. True. Absolutely. True. Um, I've seen, yeah, Woodson and Jeffries have also shown up in the, uh, in the chat. Yep. Tony, your, your thoughts on the list? Uh, I think, Whitman. yeah, Whitman. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's one. Here's one. Do you add him to the list? Uh, Jordan Crawford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> do, you, do, you, uh, do you have to graduate a Hoosier or, or end your career a Hoosier? <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. I think that there's no there's no rules specifically stated about that. So it could be uh, could be anything. Um. I think if you ask this question five years, OG might be a no-brainer in that starting lineup. Um, I watched him just absolutely annihilate the Pacers yesterday, 16 points in the first quarter, just too strong for um, some, of the, some of the guards to guard, but too uh, versatile and agile um, for some of the bigs to guard. And, I mean, he was, he was very clearly the best player on the floor last night in the Pacers-Raptors game. Um, and he's getting a lot of good minutes right now with – or a lot of good um, primary scoring options right now with uh, Siakam being out for the Raptors. So um, I think OG will end up being up there. Um, I, I agree with Jeff on Eric Gordon. Um, I mean, that, that guy's made a, a living of, um, you know, being kind of that sixth man of the year in that 15 to 20 point per game range um, for what seems like forever now. Um, and so v- very solid, solid pro. Um, all the depot just kind of up and down. Um, you know, guy was an all-star, but then at the same time um, has had some seasons that he struggled a little bit. So um, it, as everybody mentioned, it, tough exercise because there, there's so much to, to dive into. And um, again, probably somebody that we're not thinking about right off the top of our heads that we're like, oh, yeah, duh, he should be on there. Something along those lines. So uh, great question. All right. Yeah, I was looking up uh, while we were on there. I was looking up Woodson's stats. I mean, he averaged double figures for. Uh, oh, this is kind of weird the way they split this as you change teams in different different years. But I think it might have been nine straight years he was in double figures. Uh, I could be wrong because I'm trying to count these on the fly. But uh, but anyway, so he'd probably be in the in the conversation. Maybe he coached the team. Who knows? Uh, all right. So uh, all right, we'll wrap up with this one. Uh, kind of a combined question from uh, Terrence and Phillips. So Terrence started out with saying, "Do you have any guesses on how minutes will be divided uh, between all the talented players this year?" Do you foresee wholesale squad tradeouts to keep fresh players on the court? Uh, and then Philip kind of piggybacked on that. Uh, do you see nine to ten guys playing in the rotation to keep guys fresh and, and energetic? Um, so Tony, I'll let you start uh, with this one. But you know, how do you see the rotation shaping out? I don't, I don't know that any of us would assume, you know, kind of subbing five in, five out uh, type scenario, no matter what we think of the uh, of the depth on the team. But what do you think the? How do you think the rotation shakes out? Uh, in terms of just number of guys getting consistent minutes? I think everybody's going to get an opportunity, whether that be um, injuries, um, off off nights that bring somebody else in the rotation to send a message. Um, so I think everybody's going to get opportunities. Coach Woodson said himself uh, he wants a 10-man rotation. Um, he's not sure if he can get there. 
Um, but, uh, you know, with that said, um, I'm going to take him at his word and kind of assume that there's going to be a 10-man rotation. But like I said, um, that doesn't mean it's the same 10. Um, and, you know, the injuries happen through the course of the season. Guys go through slumps to where I think everybody that's healthy um, and, and on scholarship is going to get an opportunity to crack that rotation at some point. Um, so then it'll be um, obviously making the most of that. I think the most intriguing part is the point guard aspect. Um, all indications are that that Xavier and Rob were kind of going head to head for that job. But um, now, you know, some news came out that Lander was really kind of growing up, if you will. Um, and then he got hurt, I think, and, and was limited in practice for a little bit. So that, that point guard, kind of rotation and how Woody works with those three and all if all three play or two of them play together at certain times, that part of it will be interesting to me. Yeah. Jeff, what are your thoughts on the rotation and how you uh, would expect it to play out at this point? I think it'll be very similar to an NBA style rotation. I think I take Woody coach Woodson's word. I think he wants to get to 10 guys. It may not be, Huge minutes for t- nine and ten, but he, they're. I think they'll get consistent minutes, barring injuries. And I think he'll stay with the hot hand a little bit. I think it was referenced in there. One of those questions was like, like almost like a wholesale hockey line change. I don't think you'll see that. I really don't, unless it's a foul situation. I don't think we'll see five, you know, five subs on the floor. I think, like I said, I, long story. I, I'm I'm being long with it. I I just think it'll be more of an NBA style where you'll see them take out a he'll take out a couple guys bring some guys off the bench, but you'll always have two or three of your main guys on the floor at the same time. All right, coach round us out on this one. Yeah. I, I, the interesting thing to me is like, sometimes you see in the NBA, there's just set rotations at the eight minute mark. This guy will go in or this position will be changed out. Is that what's going to happen? Um, or is it going to be more by a feel? I was pretty impressed with the Bahama rotation that it just seemed like he had a set five. He had the guys who were going to go in next at each position, and then he just dealt that way with fouls. This guy went in or whatever. It was by feel, which is what I would prefer. But, again, every coach has their own way of doing it. There's pros and cons to having that set rotation. Everyone knows their role. You know you're going in at the eight-minute mark. Get yourself mentally prepared. Watch who's on the court for the opposing team figure out what we're doing, know what we're running. There's some real benefits to knowing when you're going in and what you're doing. Sometimes you get too tied with that. You miss a high end or something like that. But Woodson's done this before. He, he built two teams, New York and Atlanta, with young people. So there's a lot of trust for me on, on that. But I do think he's going to play 10. I don't see any wholesale changes. Um, I, I think he'll handle his disappointment in, in effort and, and playing uh, – with the same values of Coach Knight, but maybe a little bit different because he's had to massage NBA egos and he knows how to uh, deal with people who want to play, don't play, and motivate and so forth where Coach Knight was, you're going to do it my way and I'll bench you and and scream and yell at you. And I think Woody is still that strict disciplinarian, but in a a more modern style. So I don't see any five-on-five mass substitutions for, for discipline or anything like that. But I do think 10 will play. I think it'll be interesting to see how the minutes uh, end up being divvied out. Yeah, I am I am curious. One of the things just in terms of, of him come from the NBA is what, what a couple of you guys mentioned just in terms of, you know, are there more set rotations, at least in the first half of games to try to get you through that. And then obviously from there, you're going to figure out what's working and make adjustments and uh, do some of those things. So, you know, does he take – is that one of the pieces that he brings from the NBA to have that where you've got guys who are used to – uh, being on the court with one another and that builds some uh, you know continuity in that regard so it'll be curious to see if that uh, is something that plays out but we'll uh, we'll we'll 
start to figure it out in less than two weeks, which is the uh, which is the good part. That's it. We're done. No more questions. All right. So that will do it for tonight's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, please join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing most of the music that you heard on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week or sooner if any news breaks. But until then... Take it from the green light himself. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All right, fellas. Appreciate it. Good show. Good hour and a half of uh, basketball talk. We need to put in the closing that soon enough we'll be having postgame shows to do. So we'll be here yeah, before nice. we know it. Yeah. We're well, always good to talk with you guys. It is. Absolutely. My son and I are going to go to the Northern Illinois game uh, two weeks from tomorrow. So we're going to be there on the 12th. Nice. Very good. Very good. Based on virtually yeah, every to- set of projections that I've compiled as part of uh, bracketology, I usually just kind of look conference by conference and like aggregate the uh, some of the rankings. Northern Illinois is, is supposedly just absolutely terrible compared to other MAC teams. Um, I think them and Eastern Michigan, both of whom IU play, are like the almost the consensus bottom two teams in the MAC. So. I feel like Coach and I were on here at times being like, ah, oh, this is good. You're playing Mac schools. I, I'm i not sure how well that's going to play out if they're as bad as most of these <laughs> projections. 300-level Mac schools yeah, don't not, help the old not uh, ideal. strength of schedule. Yeah, that's more of the level of the Mac with uh, with two A's, I feel like. But what are you, you going to do? <laughs> so, anyway. The Mac. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So. so. Cool. All right. Well, I think uh, that's all I got. I'm going to – since we're already after 10:30, I'm gonna close this down. I'll get this uh, get this posted and and go from there. So, all right, appreciate thanks you guys. guys for the poll. Appreciate you guys I appreciate it. Yep, good, uh, pleasure, guys. guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Right, Everybody peace. have a good uh, rest of the week. Go Hoosiers on Saturday. Get back on the uh, on the right track. Hopefully, so we will uh, talk to everybody yep. next week. Thanks a lot. All right, we'll see you. See you.